This morning, we want to uh, talk about vision and values. So we've got our leadership team here, Brad and Mike and myself, and we really could sum it up. Our vision is the vision of Jesus, and his vision was a kingdom of God, wasn't it? So we can all go home now. Let's go and labor for the kingdom, right? That's what Jesus said. His vision was the kingdom, and what was his ultimate value? Love. So really, what we're going to be talking about this morning, vision, um, where we're going and our values, what's closest to our heart, who we are, really is an outflow of that. And thankfully, as we're reminding ourselves over and over again, Jesus is building this church. So we get to cooperate and work with him as he expands his kingdom and the church gets to participate in that. So this morning, we want to take some time to talk about our key values and vision. And if you think about our Lord, some of you are newer here, kind of like me. I've been here a year. My wife's been a part of this church on and off for many years, but this has a rich history. This community has an incredibly rich history of over 40 years as an intergenerational church that's committed to worship, spiritual formation, and mission. So really what we're talking about here, there's nothing new. It, it's almost like Bible interpretation, right? It, we don't change the scriptures, do we? We just comment on them and elaborate them and, and say, Holy Spirit, what are you highlighting right now? And so that's what we're doing in light of our history here, over four decades of history here, is we're saying, Lord, what are you doing among us, this rich history, what are you highlighting? So some of you have not seen the six values that are an important part of our Lord's. It's on the website here. And if you look on the slide here, these six values that have been crafted over many years, this is, what, this is who we are. This is what beats in our hearts and what beats in our heart as a community, worship, family, spirit and truth, the kingdom, courage, Authenticity, And what I'm going to encourage you to do is go to olcc.org and spend some time looking over this. Some of you may be familiar with this. Some of you may have been part of writing this as a leader in a different season. So I urge you to go and revisit this prayerfully and look at it. One thing, you look at uh, our fourth value here. What's our fourth value, Brad? I'm joking. I'm kidding. I'm putting him on the spot. Our fourth value, the kingdom of God, really kind of is shot through all the other values. But there's something, the three of us, we met Wednesday and had a great conversation. We said, out of these six values, Lord, what are you highlighting? And we sensed that there was something about the fourth value here. And that flowing out of that, the Lord is calling us and empowering us to participate with him in establishing his kingdom in the hearts of people. And Al King stood up here last week and said, all hands on deck. And so really there is, there's a call for all of us to align ourselves with these values, to rediscover them, to be re-enlivened by them, and to partner with Jesus as he builds his church and establishes the kingdom. This isn't this isn't new. This is rooted in the New Testament, isn't it? I want you to write a couple of verses down. You can go back and look at this. The whole idea of partnering with Jesus as he's building his church and establishing his kingdom, 
He says in John 20, 21, he says, as the Father has sent me, and he turns to his disciples and says, so I send you. We're a sent people. We're sent to proclaim and demonstrate the kingdom. The apostles followed Jesus and said the same thing. 1 Peter 2, 9, write this down. You can look at it later. It speaks of the priesthood of all believers. Some of you, that might be a new concept. What do I mean by that? I mean, if you are a member of the church, if you're a baptized believer, you are a priest. The Holy Spirit anoints you. And it's not about the three of us or any other leader. You're the priests. That is straight out of the New Testament. The Apostle Peter says that. So that means that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You're anointed with the power of God to go and carry the kingdom of God in your sphere of life. That's the kind of church that we are, right? We're partnering with the Lord. Uh, Steve Nicholson mentioned a couple of weeks ago someone who helped rediscover this in the North American context, John Wimber. And you know what he said? Everyone gets to play. That's what we're about in this season. Every single one of us has something to contribute, right? And that's our job as leadership team is to help facilitate that and make sure that you are discovering who you are in Jesus and what Jesus wants to do in and through you. On that note, I want us to take a few minutes to personalize some of these values. And on Wednesday, we, we all talked about what in the world brought us to our Lord's at different times. So I'm going to ask Mike. Mike, what brought you here? Why in the world are you here, brother? Yeah. It's a great question. Um, it's a longer answer than I'm going to take uh, this morning. And uh, I, But I do want to just begin, if I may. And I have two sections this morning where I get to speak. So I've got five minutes for each. I'm kind of borrowing a couple from the second section. So if this goes a little longer, I apologize. But I wanted to um, just recognize uh, and say thank you. Um, last week, Brock welcomed Jennifer and I back from sabbatical. Um, and we just came back from being away for two months uh, after being with our Lords for almost eight years, um, being on staff for five of those years. Um, and it was an incredible gift um, to receive a two-month sabbatical. Um, I can't tell you um, how loved we felt by this community. Um, the two months with pay is enough, but we were, we were given gifts of air miles to travel places. We were given vacation homes. People came and fixed our yard. When we were away, they put new hubcaps on my car. They, they brought us meals. They took us out for dinner. We were given money to spend. Um, it was a gift not only for, for me as a pastor on staff, but for my family. We had such an amazing time with our kids in Seattle, just getting to take extended vacation. And uh, one of the reasons that I'm here is because of this community. And it's because of what God did in our hearts when we first came. And uh, I want to speak about how God called us because I want you to hear, some of you have heard me share this, but I want you to hear that God did call us from another nation to come here. And that, was a, that is the reason we're here. Um, we were part of a church in Bedford, England for many years, part of the leadership team. And in 2008, God began to stir our hearts and it was hard to pinpoint, but we just knew that he was speaking about getting ready to go. And I'd be in many different settings, often with people praying or with other pastors in the UK. And I just felt in my spirit, the need is too great to not go. And I didn't know what that meant. So we began to pray and talk with others. And I met with a church planting team. 
uh, that plants churches in the UK and began to ask the question, should we plant a church? And so they said, yeah, we'd love you to plant a church. Go for it. Um, here's some places. Go away, pray, talk with your family. So as we went away to pray, uh, one Tuesday morning, I'm in my office and uh, the power of God just came really um, in quite dramatic ways as I just began to ask the question, God, what are you saying? And he said this phrase to me, he said, sell your house and everything in it. In two years, you'll be in Bridgeway, which is the church down the road here. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a moment of, that was way out of left field. We were thinking the UK, we loved being there, we felt called to the UK, but God spoke something into my heart in that moment. And um, for days afterwards, I'd be, I, would just, I was just shaking. Like I would drive my car to places and I'd ask the Lord about it and I'd just begin to shake physically under the presence of the Holy Spirit. But I didn't know what to do with it. And, uh, you know, bridged away, we knew the church and we had connections there, but to do what? Just turn up and land there. And so we began a process that went on for two years. And uh, uh, we had a, a prophetic word that came to us in about 2009. We were at a point where we were realizing we can't just go and be there. Like, that's nice. I talked to Sam Storms, and he said, yeah, come join a house church, and we'd love to have you. I'm like, yeah, that's great. I thought I was supposed to plant a church, Lord. So we came and uh, in, in, visited, explored. Anyway, long story short, we we realized we needed something more from the Lord to confirm it. Um, what is it going to look like? And um, he never gave us any more details about what we would do when we got here. But he did give us a significant prophetic word from another person who had never met, who didn't know anything of our plans. And he prophesied about seeing us on a plane. And he said, I see you flying to a new land. And there's uh, wide open spaces and bright blue skies. Now, if you live in England, when they say new land, wide open spaces, and big blue sky, you know that they're talking about another country. So I knew that it wasn't an internal flight to Scotland or whatever. It was, um, and there were many things about the word he gave us um, that were uh, that connected to Oklahoma, um, and we knew at that moment that that was confirmation to come. So we sold our house, and two years. And about two months later, we were uh, at Bridgeway Church, worshiping on a Sunday morning, uh, realizing God had brought us here. And I think uh, the transition to our Lord's was a, was a significant one because uh, when we got to Bridgeway, we realized there is, this is a, this church is, it was like they knew what they were doing and knew where they were going. And it wasn't like we weren't welcome, but we just didn't sense there was a place here for us. But we heard shortly after John Reiner and Rock and Bev Bottomley what they were doing here at Our Lord's, and we met with them. We met with Rock and Bev and sat in our living room and just heard the vision that they had for this place. And we heard God just say to our hearts, help them to build. And so we came, we visited, and as we came, I think what hit both of Jennifer and I was this realization that this is a place where uh, there are people whose hearts are pliable, whose hearts are open to God. And uh, we were received very warmly, and straight away, it was almost like, why are we being given such freedom to be who we are and to bring our contribution? And I, we were really blown away by that. And what has stayed with me through this time has been this awareness that uh, God, that God has gathered a group of people here who, who want God, and they want the real thing. They don't just want some form of practice and expression of church, but there's a hunger here and a growing hunger for the things of God. And so for us, that's what has, that's what has helped us to recognize God's call to be here. So. We'll get to this. I'm tempted to ask a question, but we'll come back to it. What, 
what you carry, there's a need for it here. Do you want to comment on that now, or do you want to do that later? Okay, all right. Brad. Thank you, Brock. I'm putting a little timer down here. 30 minutes, is that right? For some reason, I feel like standing up, so I'm going to stand up. Uh, I, I'm just going to share a little bit about, I know whenever I first uh, decided, kind of made the decision to move from business full-time into full-time ministry, which just came about maybe four months ago, um, I stood up and I gave a real brief uh, kind of explanation of what God was doing in my life at that time. And so I'm just going to unpack that a little bit and just describe kind of how God has brought the Kilman family once again uh, to our Lord's Community Church. And for those of you who don't know, I spent ridiculous amounts of time up there in that choir loft when the grand piano used to be over there. Um, I used to come in whenever I could get in the building uh, when no one was here because I wanted it to be as dark as possible with only the light from the stained glass windows coming in because it's so pretty when that happens. I like it dim and I like the stained glass light and I would just play the piano. And I was learning to play Dennis Jernigan songs and Keith Green songs and I would just worship in, um, in the Lord's presence by myself. And that um, was one of my favorite activities when I was in high school. And uh, strangely, I think God planted me at Our Lord's when I was five or six years old simply because Our Lord's was the church that was about two blocks away from our house over on 50th and May um, in that area. So that's kind of how I landed here, sovereignly. Um, I spent my whole childhood, everything through here, and then strangely, and it was, um, I, I kind of share this story with a little bit of sadness because God sovereignly again called me away and many other young people away from Our Lord's and in a season that was painful for all, a lot of families and a lot of youth leaders here to watch them kind of like pour into all these kids, all these youth, we came to know Jesus and actually became like okay to be around after lots of work. We actually were fun um, because it was tons of work before that. And uh, then we get kind of like loving Jesus, loving people. We're no longer just bitingly sarcastic all the time. And, uh, and then we go away, and a lot of us went to Bridgeway Church at the time, Edmund Fellowship. There was kind of this renewal thing happening. God was teaching me about leading worship, a different kind of renewal worship. And uh, uh, I ended up there, but I landed there for about 18 years and loved that church, loved those people. God began to do a really strange work in bringing Rock Bottomley to this church so many years ago. Um, I say strange a lot because when I watch how God has brought different leaders here, I just look at it and I go, Lord, like only you could do this. There's, there's no man, woman, or child who could conceive or try to think up how to assemble these leaders in the different seasons. I think, I think strangely leading the church um, sovereignly to where he's, he's guiding us to go. And so there have been different seasons, but it's been sovereign. Um, so anyway, crazily, God uh, uh, took Ryan Geekus, who was the worship pastor here, he took him to Bridgeway because the worship pastor that was there, a good friend of mine, Joel Olympic, left to go to Denver. And then Rock Bottomley goes, hey, if you're taking our Lord's community church worship leader, can, like, can I borrow Brad for a little while? Uh, that's me. I'm Brad. And, uh, and so uh, reluctantly they were like, yeah, okay. And, and, and really, uh, and this is I think where I'm going to try to leave this, uh, be pretty succinct here, um, 
at that point, my family, Bethany, me, the kids, we started to realize that God was really sovereignly calling us to come back to our Lord's. And that was hard for me because I felt like I was going to be at Bridgeway then forever. So, but, but, but he made it very clear, we are supposed to come back here, our whole family. And then it has nothing to do just with me coming back to lead worship. But there was something he wanted for each member of my family uh, in coming back here. And that has proven so true. I had no idea when I did that that I'd be leaving the business world because I've been in business, same company, for 16 years. Um, and I, I thought I would be there. I thought maybe even someday I might buy the company and all that stuff. So I was on a trajectory. I'd kind of given up that I would ever be a full-time worship pastor. Um, but then at the beginning of this year, uh, the Lord began a significant transition in my heart. And it has to do with um, imagining the next stretch of 10 years of my life. And as I started going through this exercise of what do I want the next 10 years of my life to be like, the Lord just began to awaken some passions and some desires and some things. And I realized at the end of that kind of thinking, and, and again, the Lord was so kind because he was nudging us like crazy, but uh, he spoke prophetically to us several times during this time where we were really searching him. But, the, but one of the main kind of values, I always like to kind of boil, thing back, boil things down to what is the primary value that you're living out right now or that you think you should be living out of? And what I discerned was um, to live my life with integrity over the next 10 years, I knew that I had to make a change. I knew that God was calling me to focus again on writing songs, on spending more time in the Lord's presence and worship. Uh, and so it, it, it was a step of faith, but at the same time, it was so clear that um, it's really the only safe place was to follow him here. And so uh, very happily um, decided to join staff and and then you guys know we've been in some interesting transitions since then. I had no idea that stuff is going to unfold, that we're going to be in this kind of like unique season. But what God has also showed me is that he's brought me here for even reasons I had no idea he was bringing me here. So it wasn't just to write songs and sit up there and play the piano with nobody in here and just kind of like hole up by myself, which maybe I thought was coming. Um, instead, it's more like, you know, all that time you spend in business, leading teams, leading uh, meetings, leading an organization, I've got plans for you here to help. And so I've just been helping, you know, lead different things, and, and, uh, and I'm just trying to pay attention, Lord, what strengths have you given to me, and what are you calling me to do? And he's breathing life in some new ways that I was not expecting, as God does. So, man, I don't even know if I meant to share all that, but uh, that's what I did. Thank you, Brad. It's good stuff, isn't it? All hands on deck, yeah. Brad. We like each other, too. Isn't that good to know? We do. The three of us actually like each other. We have friendship over many years. We can argue, hopefully constructively at times. Um, but I do. I just look at these guys, and we enjoy each other quite a bit. So it's a lot of fun. I uh, got called back to the church about five years ago. Amanda and I were in a desert season, and I want to share more about that in the coming, coming days, but we were in a, a tough place about five years ago, and I was shaving in the bathroom, and we were living an hour outside of Atlanta in Macon, Georgia, the home of Otis Redding. Right. Not known for many things, but great music. And we, uh, it was rough. Shaving one day, 
And I got one of those sniper words that I wasn't looking for. And the Lord basically said, I'm calling you back to serve the church. And I was just a few moments away from getting tenure as a professor and had dedicated almost a decade to that. And I came out of the bathroom and it looked, you know, I looked like I'd seen a ghost. And I said, Amanda, I think I just heard. <laughs> I heard from the Lord. I wasn't looking for it. I didn't want to along this line at that time, but the, the Lord called us back to the church, and she said, I've been telling you that for seven years, honey. <laughs> you goob. <laughs> so that's the story of our 21-year marriage. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the prophetic guy. What a joke. I call her the oracle. So we talked about it, and we said yes, because it was a semi-invitation to come back and serve the church, but you know how it is when the Lord makes an offer, it's pretty irresistible. So we began at that time to plan to get back into the church. And so Amanda got a free nursing degree at Wesleyan College, and we were out of there, and we knew it. It took us three years of planning and working it out, and it came down to either going back to Chicago and working at the Evanston Vineyard and kind of restarting history there or coming back here. And the Lord closed doors, and we ended up coming back here, and we couldn't be more grateful, and we couldn't be happier than here. So we are incredibly grateful to be called back to serve the church and to work with you. Something happened as well in this story. I was uh, teaching on Martin Luther King Jr. and his life, and I came home one day and told Amanda, I said, the church is the vehicle for change. And I began to just study his life and see that he embedded himself in the local church, and look what happened. And he worked with churches from all over the South, eventually all over the nation. It was part of a movement that really touched the world. And so I began to make this discovery and felt, along with that call back to the church, an excitement to get involved in the local church. And if you look at politics, it's pretty rough right now, isn't it? The arts and entertainment industry is pretty rough. Look at these different spheres where change can happen, and I think the local church is where it's at. In 2018 and beyond, we have an opportunity to root ourselves in local churches, to work with other local churches, to raise up our young people in the local church, to empower and promote each other and see what God might do, bringing his kingdom. That's what I'm putting all my money into. All my chips are in, my family's here, we're not going anywhere. Another uh, aspect of this is recognizing when I was offered a job. I was offered a job at Cassidy School when we moved back, having served at Crestwood Vineyard for a year, and then I was offered a job here, and there was something about our Lord's. Just I was married here. We got married 21 years ago, but I knew that this was a place that values 
and seeks the presence of God. It's truly our Lord's church. It's not Brad's church, not Mike's church, Mike's church, my church, your church. It's the Lord's church. So I'm excited to be a part of that during this season of rediscovering what that really means. And not in a trite way, but really, Jesus, this is your church. We're going to cooperate with you, but we're also going to get out of the way. If there are things you want to do with your people, with your body, to empower them for all the saints to be equipped, we're in, aren't we? We're in. So we're honored to be here. Mike, I wanted you to just share some reflections on further things. I think that one of the discoveries that we made, um, especially I think it crystallized this week as we talked, was the the awareness that God redirected all three of us actually to be here. And it was actually a very um, kind of empowering moment to realize God kind of intervened in our lives and, and pointed us in this direction to be here. And I think as, as I sit here and as I listen to Brad and to Brock, and I think about my own story, I realize that um, that's not something to just kind of gloss over. I think you look at, you think of many times different stories, examples in the scriptures of when God intervenes in a moment and redirects a person. Um, it's often preceded, but it's often preceding a, a significant thing that he's about to do. And I, I don't say this to, to be about hype or about trying to ramp something up that's not real, but I, I believe God's going to do something significant with this body of people. And I'm convinced he's going to move powerfully in this place. I'm convinced that we're going to get changed in dramatic ways and that our city and the nations are going to feel the impact. And I have no idea what half of that will look like, I'm sure. But I do know this, that God's doing something. And I want to invite you this morning to, to join us in that. I want to say, there's lots of details still to figure out about the future. Um, and frankly, um, we could get preoccupied trying to worry about all of those details. But right now, God is on the move. He's doing something. This morning, just even in worship, being with you all, there was, I was just feeling all sorts of things as I came into the sanctuary, and, and we start worshiping, and there's this lift, and there's this sense of people, their hearts, your hearts being drawn to God, and I'm like, all right, come on, God, let's do this. Whatever this is going to look like, let's get out there. Steve, listening to him share about their C group, I'm like, that's the beginning of the things that we want to see more of. We want to see lives changed. So let's do it together. Let's, let's be a people that, that decide, regardless of circumstances, we're going to go after God wholeheartedly and see what he wants to do. And um, let's enjoy that journey together. I didn't plan to say that earlier. I better return to my notes here. But um, I, I think as, as I, I want to highlight just three things that um, there are words that I think describe something of what we've are, are stated in the values, and that there are words that are familiar to us here. Um, but talk about just uh, for us recognizing as a team that we embody something of these words as individuals, and um, we're passionate about stirring those things up. And as as you have already picked up, Brad, and what he embodies about a life of worship, he carries that and. There's a, there's a the sense that he represents something for us as a body that invites us into that life with God of worship. 
And Brock, I, I, you know, I just think about him and that his passion, he is passionate about seeing the saints, seeing the people of God equipped to fulfill their potential. You know, all saints is, is an expression of what's been in his heart for a long time. And if you spend time with him or you're around the things that he's facilitating, it's going to happen. You're going to experience something of that going on in you, that desire to be transformed and equipped. Um, and I think for me, I just want to speak about mission for a minute. Um, I, I'm kind of pastorally gifted with a mission heart, and I don't really understand how that all works together sometimes, but what I do know about the sabbatical I've just come back off is that there was a reconnecting for me about my own story of being a college student in England, um, a million miles from following Jesus, stumbling upon something called the Alpha Course, which is essentially an opportunity to explore Christianity, and God ruining my life. And I'm experiencing a church which I didn't know existed. I walk in, it's like this place. People who are passionate about God, worshiping him, living wholeheartedly like they actually believe what's written in the Bible. And I was like, where has this place been all my life? Everybody I grew up with, all of my friends and family, nobody knows this. And I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with Thousands of people not knowing what we know. And I don't mean that in an arrogant, we know all the answers. I just mean we know something of the goodness of God, of the saving grace of Jesus, and a hope for the future. And I'm not okay for the church to sit still and just be going on our own way, figuring out how to do life with God without that us extending an invitation to invite people to come in. And for me, that's what my, this season is about. This, this is what I want to invite you into, is to discover that Jesus has a passion for you to reach the people in your sphere of influence and invite people in and demonstrate his goodness to them. There are too many people who don't know this, and it's not okay with me. So... I, uh, again, more details to follow, but um, that's just something of what I think is in my heart, in our heart, um, for this season here at Our Lords. I'm going to let Brock conclude because I don't know how to. Preach it, brother. Do you have something you want to read? A little bit of flexibility, spontaneity is okay, isn't it? I doubt the early church had every minute planned out when they gathered together. Okay, Paul, what are we going to do? It's 1149. You have one minute. I doubt they did that. There's structure. He says they did things in order, but there's also flexibility, right? Yeah, I just was remembering uh, a formative scripture that I think, uh, I think about often. Uh, in relation to our Lord's Community Church, and even in, I think, uh, as Mike was kind of articulating, maybe some symbol, some symbolism in our roles, or I don't know, just something that we're each of us uniquely passionate about, and in the in the worship and and, and longing for God's presence. I remember being here um, on a Sunday morning uh, during what we called Youth Sunday, and I was the one of the two teachers that morning, and uh, they. Scott Manley, who used to go here, he took a picture of my hand and put it on this bandana. Everybody thought it was a chubby baby's hand. I'm still just a little hurt, but it's true. It's exactly what it looks like. But anyway, um, on that was uh, the scripture, so I will bless you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. 
And it's Psalm 63, and that's the end of the first part there in verse 4. But I just wanted to read uh, 1 through 4 because I feel like it's significant for our body, and I think it's kind of one of those lifelong, um, it's just always true. It's what my, my desire is when we meet together as the body to worship him. Um, I don't just want us to pull off awesome songs that sound fantastic. It's not what I want. I don't care. I, I want us to meet with the Lord Jesus. I want us to meet God in this place. And I love that it uses the word sanctuary because of all the churches that I've been to in my life, two, uh, this one has like a cool sanctuary, <laughs> and I'm fond of it. So I, the word has, uh, I love the meaning, I just love it. So, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, and my flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water, so I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. Uh, I just That's significant for us. I want us to be, I was praying this morning and, and, and exhorting you that I want us to be characterized as a people who um, are um, thankful and we exhibit thankfulness to God. And... Uh, and that's what this is. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise. So we don't praise because of what we do or have done. We praise because of who he is all the time. He's always worthy. That's what I want us to be characterized by. So, And I'm just praying, Jesus, that we will meet you in this sanctuary. Lord, we already meet you in the sanctuary of our hearts. And thank you that you have made our hearts a sanctuary of your presence. But I pray that we would know something as the church comes together. Um, that we would have a unique knowledge of your presence and that you will meet with us and we will see and know your power and your glory in your sanctuary, in this sanctuary. Pray that in Jesus' name. I just needed to pray there. <laughs> Why don't we stand up? Brad didn't know that we were going to do this. He already started us. I just sense that our Lord... Jesus is calling us to a fresh commitment, a fresh rediscovery of these things. Worship, formation and equipping, and mission. And so I would like for us, Brad, you've already prayed, but we'll let you pray again. I want us to just pray briefly the, over our people along those lines. And I would urge you to put your hands out if you're wanting to make a commitment. Maybe you're visiting today for the first time. Thank you for joining us. We're glad you're here. Um, but those of us who, who want to make a fresh commitment to our Lord's and these three aspects of our values and vision, I would just urge you to put your hands out. Brad, why don't you pray for worship? I'll pray the formation and equipping piece, and then okay. Mike can pray the other. Great. Oh, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for these hands lifted to you. Thank you for the earnest desire that is in these hearts that I can see on the faces as they look to you, as they lift their faces to you, as they lift their hands to you. I can see a depth of desire, Lord, that only you can meet. 
And it's a depth of desire that only you can plant. And, and so I just see such a goodness deep in the bellies of these people. And I pray, Lord, that you would satisfy their desires for you. But only from more desire, Lord, that you would satisfy them and then expose more desire. Satisfy them and then expose more desire. And continually show them and show me that you are the only one who satisfies the depths of our souls with living water, with a presence that we could never bring, and with relationship that we could never make. And so God, praise you, praise you. Satisfy us with you and only for more of you. In Jesus' name. And Lord, in worship, we ask you to equip us afresh. I ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be poured out on us right now in ways that we haven't known before, that you would equip us as your chosen people, your priests, to carry your kingdom, to carry the love of God, to carry the gospel, and that Christ would be formed in us and those around us. Lord, mobilize our Lord's church. Let this be a season we all look back on in many years and say, can you believe what the Lord Jesus was doing among us? Father, I thank you for what you're doing here. And I thank you for each person in this room and those who are not here today who are normally with us. And I ask, Father, that you would give us um, your heart this morning in a new measure. We, we recognize that we love, Father, because you first loved us. And we need you to love other people. And so we ask you, Holy Spirit, right now that you would cause our hearts to open up to you. You would cause us to uh, receive another, uh, if you like, measure of your grace, of your love for people. I pray that you'd give us a heart for, for people um, that don't know you, Jesus, who are separated and lost from you. And I pray that you would um, even now open our eyes, that we would see the people that you've placed in our lives, the people we work alongside, the people we live alongside, the people we stand on a sports field with, the people we pass in the grocery store, family members, friends. Lord, give us eyes to see who you're bringing to us. And I pray that you would do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine through us, Lord. I thank you that it's through simple acts of obedience that you do even more. And so I pray that that would be our story as a church, that we would see you do even more, that you would multiply our simple gestures of hospitality and friendship and cause many to see and hear and know the love of God in Jesus. And I pray this in your name, Lord. Amen.